Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, August 9th. What a day in the professional tennis world, of course. We knew going into the day that we had 21 singles matches scheduled in Montreal. The ATP 1000-level action happening there in Canada. Of course, on the women's side, a plethora of 1000-level action to discuss happening over in Toronto. But the storyline that emerged above all else, Serena Williams announcing the 2022 U.S. Open will be her final tournament of what has been maybe the greatest professional tennis career in history, of course. As such, with that news breaking, we recorded an emergency edition of the Mini Break Podcast. As we do from time to time, we offered our immediate thoughts on Serena's announcement. We talked a bit about the piece she wrote for Vogue magazine. We put in perspective what she has accomplished through what has been a three-decade-long span of excellence, of course. With all of that in mind, we have yet to discuss the 1,000-level action happening in Canada this week. And as we try to do each and every Tuesday here on the Mini Break Podcast, we want to set the scene for all of you listeners, break down the draws for our two 1,000-level events, talk about the players we'll be watching most closely, offer the dark horses we see in the draw, offer our predictions for how we see the week playing out. And when we do all of those things, we typically call those episodes our Tennis Point Tuesdays. And we've got Got another fantastic edition of Tennis Point Tuesday for all of you listeners today and joining me, as he always does, for these episodes of Tennis Point Tuesday. It's my guy from Tennis Point, Nate Walrath. Nate, welcome back to the show. What a day. What a day in the tennis world. We had a little warm-up, but now it's the real deal. Let's have some fun, baby. <laughs> I like that. We had our own little 20-minute warm-up session podcast, got all of the niceties out of the way. I needed that. You know, it was just like I was – Thinking of all these thoughts about Serena in my head before you texted me asking if I could get on for the emergency, and I was like, you know what? It's better to just get it out than just hold it in my head until 4.30. So, 100% agree. And Serena deserves her own podcast, so we, we gave it. You, you nailed it. She deserves her own podcast. It allows us to focus on the tennis here on this episode. And, yeah, if you guys knew how many – of the opening minutes of these mini break podcasts, I have to stop recording and cut before we actually redo the episode and get rocking and rolling. It usually takes me 15 minutes to get going as well. There's always that thrill of being alive as we were during the Serena pod that helps straighten everything out. But again, the focus of this podcast, we've reached that sweet spot 
in the American hard court schedule. I should say the North American hard court schedule because, of course, we've got the Toronto Masters event, or I should say Canada Masters event for the women. They're competing in the 1,000-level action in Toronto, the men competing in Montreal, of course. Next week, we've got the Western Southern Open in Cincinnati. We've got the U.S. Open four weeks away. What a fantastic time to be a tennis fan and of course the reason we're able to break it all down keep all of you fans in the know about everything happening in the professional tennis world is because of the support we get holy crap i'm sorry to stop this ad read is that a reese's mug that is a reese's mug right there you see that do you just know the keys to my heart because a mug that size branding my go-to candy that would be it this thing's as big as my face i stole this from my roommate um my Actually, and my buddy actually worked for Reese's back in the day. So it's like we have we have Reese's ties over here. You have a friend who works for – I would give up everything at Cracked Rackets tomorrow if they said, do you want to host a Reese podcast? And we can just go into the different pronunciations, the different brands of Reese. What do you think about the nut rages? I'm kind of in on it. Not this a fast is- break, but it's rising up the power rankings. I, I drinking coffee at almost 5 p.m. is very un, <laughs> very unlike me, but I woke up at like 4 a.m. and I haven't been back to bed since, so it's a Reese's mug type day. See, I just assume that's liquid Reese in in the cup, and you're it, just chugging it. I'll be lying to you if I said I didn't put chocolate in my coffee this morning. <laughs> like, that's one of those little melt meltable chocolate balls. I definitely, dude. I, I don't even like real coffee. I, I drink coffee with heavy creamer. Oh. I would never drink straight black coffee. No, thank you. I got to jazz mine up as well. But the point being here, our friends at Tennis Point clearly custom their pitches, customize their what they're selling for each player's individual needs. For me, I need to see that Reese mug. Nate knows that. He brings it to the show. I'm energized and ready to go. But for you, maybe you need guidance with your strings, with your racket. Maybe you're up or down a shoe size. Maybe your foot's gotten a little bit wider for some reason. Or maybe, again, you just don't know what you're looking for. Thankfully, our friends at Tennis Point have you covered. Tennis-point.com. Use that promo code CR15. Nate, what you guys got cooking over there? I would say it's it's pretty easy today. Two major um, things that you guys can can get involved in right now. One, guys, check out and demo the new Purero. Beautiful brand new colorway. They've made Felix and Carlos and Layla the new uh, faces of that line. They're going to stick with Rafa. He's going to have his own racket. And the three youngsters have taken over the Purero line. The, the Head Extreme is that new colorway has just come out as well. The Berrettini stick. Very interesting colorway. I like it a lot. It like, I don't even know how to describe that color. I don't even. It's like it's a, it's a very unique. It's green. It's light green, but it's not like the boom. It's got its own feel and vibe to it. And then lastly, guys, if you guys go on our social channels, you guys can enter a chance to win two tickets to the championship in a one night stay at the Hyatt Place in Cincinnati for the championship matches at the Western and Southern. So be sure to enter. Uh, I think there's like 200 people in right now, so you guys have a fairly good chance to, to win that. Um, and yeah, I know you touched on strings. We just came back from Kalamazoo, the, the 16 and 18 boys nationals. I, what Selenko was doing up there was pretty special. I mean, they had 300 sticks lined up, ready to rock hyper G tour bite, all the players just like, that's just a top class, top tier event. That was my first time making the trek up to Kalamazoo. What a facility. The level of tennis was amazing. I I'll be back there next year to say the least. 
No, it's an incredible event. I Colette always gets mad at me. Colette Lewis, the greatest of all time. She always yells at me because I always go for the blueberries and cream, and I say, "You guys can just hold the blueberries. Can I get a little more ice cream?" Um, because I just I don't think blueberries and ice cream fruit. The, just the fact that you're calling that ice cream. That's highly debatable. That, that, <laughs> that is, I, that, that's one of your worst takes I've heard on the podcast. Oh, that's good. I'm just saying it's better without the blueberries. I go like, hey, I'm going to buy a pack of Oreos separately. Will you just crush them in there and throw it I, in? I saw, 10 people, I saw 10 people order this parfait, whatever this thing was. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me dabble. They don't have a smoothie here. Let me see. And I'm just like, all right. I, I guess it, it looked better than yeah. That's yogurt, it, man. That's I yogurt. agree with you. It looks better than again. It looks much better than it tastes. Okay, listeners, it's not just me anymore. Someone tag Colette Lewis. Say Nate Walrath also thinks that the blueberries and cream at Kalamazoo can be improved. I mean, the fact that that's the staple of Kalamazoo. I mean, we we're gonna yeah. We yeah. can do better. We, we can, can do, do better. better. I agree. Um, again, fantastic event, though. Extraordinary level of tennis, and just about everyone is there. And, yeah, again, appreciate Tennis Point support of that event. Always appreciate your support of this podcast as well. I will say I dabbled out, tried a new racket when I was in L.A. because I didn't bring my sticks. I had enough things I had to schlep with me. Just bringing, I was like, I can find rackets to hit with. I hit with the all-black edition of the head speed. I'm kind of in. I really liked my experience. It felt like my Prince Graphite. Like, it wasn't oh too dissimilar. God. I felt like I could put the ball where it needed to go. I thought we canceled the word Prince on this podcast. <laughs> I know. It's only when Dave's here. All right, right, right. Dave, yeah. Well, if Dave listens, we're, we're going to touch if Dave's tuned into the mini break on this one. Yeah. No, but the the head speed, It's that's a racket that – I was wondering how popular it was on the junior circuit and like the, the high performance kind of uh, college range. It's more popular than I thought it was. Um, there was a fair amount of players using it. Uh, one guy that comes to mind that was definitely using it was uh, JJ Mercer. So shout out to the, uh, I think he's from plays Kentucky now. Yeah. Somewhere plays Kentucky. He's actually now. a Kentucky commit. So um, a lot of head speed guys out there. Oh, JJ or AJ. It was JJ Mercer. Yeah. Yeah. Or, AJ. AJ's the, AJ, yeah, the AJ. younger one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Makes more sense. Um, yeah, I I mean, in my experiences, you see a lot of Babolats. You do see Ed Wilson are the others Yonix as well. Says, yeah, yeah. Yonix is everywhere. Yonix um, is up to they, they've really taken a taken a lead, I think, in the market. They the, the amount of E zones, V Core pros, V cores, I, I put up a video and there were some comments that people were shocked at how many Yonixes there were, but that that's the uh, – they're doing some damage. And no, that would be – out of things as well. If I'm going to switch, it's either going to be the head speeder or Yonix just because I got to be with the trend. Um, with that said, again, all of these products available to be seen over on tennis-point.com. Use that promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off all sale items. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With that said, let's get into it. 1,000 level action this week on the ATP and WTA Tour. Let's start 
on the women's side. We get the return of Iga Sviantek on hard courts. Iga, your number one seed in Toronto. Of course, the 2019 Canada event was really one of the breakthrough pro moments in Iga's career. She played Naomi Osaka extraordinarily close, and given her pedigree as a junior slam champion, that was one of those matches where all of us took notice and said, hey, this Iga girl, she's coming. Be on the lookout for her. She's back in Toronto, a 35.5% favorite, according to Tennis Abstract. Let's just go by quarters. We have the opportunity to do that with only two draws for us to talk about the seeds in Iga Sviantek's section. You've got number eight seed Garbine Muguruza. Somehow, she's still in the world top 10. She's got to start winning fast. Otherwise, she is going to see a precipitous decline down the rankings. Of course, you've also got what number 12 right seed. Hey, thank you. Dude, I, Look, that Michigan the professors education. at Michigan that, that are listening to this podcast are just like, wow, I taught that kid. If a single professor of mine listens to this podcast, I would be shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Um, high school teacher, maybe one or two. But professor from college, not a chance in hell. Um, anyways, other seats in this section. Belinda Bencic, who's sneaky number nine in the points race this year. She's been rock solid. Of course, Layla Fernandez hovering in this section as well. But perhaps most notably, Naomi Osaka, who right now, lower back injury. She's in her first set, took a a medical timeout. She's taken on DC finalist Kaya Kanepi, of course. Also in this section is Serena Williams, who knocked out lucky loser Nuria Parizas-Diaz with a straight set victory in round number one. I mean, we started our, we did a full separate podcast again about Serena and her retirement announcement. We didn't talk about her first round performance. What do you think in the four and four win? Yeah, like I touched on briefly, was like there was glimpses of Serena Magic, where like mm-hmm. she went from playing defense and getting out of the corners, just trying to neutralize the point, to just flipping the switch with her forehand and taking the offensive, um, which I think is like one of her trademarks. And I think we like just to see that again after not seeing it feels like it's been forever since we've seen Serena feel like she can compete at this level. I think that's just going to give her a lot of confidence. And like we talked about, she's just going to play more freely as the, the, the kind of the pressure is off. Like we, she knows where the, where, where the end is and she's going to just play like she does play powerball tennis, rip the serve, rip the forehand. And I, I think that win was huge for her. I think that's like, I don't think she played her best tennis. I don't, I'm not going to say she was super sharp or anything, but that's a good win for her, and really, she has a. I mean, Benchich is a, a player that, she's she's got a chance. If Benchich comes through that first round match, I really don't hate that matchup for Serena. If she can, she's gonna. If she makes Benchich be a be an athlete, getting out of corners and stays on her front foot, Benchich is gonna have to come up with some answers. That, I mean, it it, it could be it could be a tight one. I mean, obviously, like you just said, Benchich is top ten in the in the live ranking, so she's playing very good tennis, but. Yeah, I mean, if you're Serena, all you all you want is a chance, and this is a great chance for Serena to kind of make some noise, play against some top players before Cincinnati and the U.S. Open. So I'm looking forward to that matchup for sure. I would say three things. I would say, A, it was her best serving performance. And, you know, we've only seen her play, what, two matches this year? But I thought she served way better today against Parisas Diaz than she did against Harmony Tan. She fought off seven of the eight break points that she faced, and I just thought she hit her spots a little bit more cleanly, particularly on the first serve. I actually thought there might have even been a little bit more juice. She on looks that fitter. First serve. She looks much yeah, more fitter. That was going to be point number two, is she moved better in and out of corners. Now, it still wasn't great. It wasn't 
even 2019 Serena Williams, let alone 2013 or mm-hmm. 2006 Serena. But she moved better. and She, she wasn't plotting. She was, she was lighter on her feet. Yeah, and I thought it was a little easier for her to get out of those corners. I thought that she was just a little bit smoother moving forward as well. The footwork was a little bit more efficient from her. Now, again, she's facing someone in Parisa's Diaz who, much like Harmony Tan, doesn't exactly have the biggest weapons to push her into those outer thirds with. But Parisa's Diaz is pretty disciplined about changing directions and not hitting the ball in the same location twice in a row. And to your point, Serena was willing to handle that. She was able to play you know, not just the five ball rallies, but the 10 shot rallies. We didn't see many in the 15 range, but when we did, Serena was there. I thought she served better. I thought she played better. I would be fascinated to see her play a Belinda Bencic in round number two because Harmony Tan, Nuria Perez-Diaz, they both pushed Serena physically, but they don't have weapons to hurt Serena with consistently. Belinda Bencic does. Belinda Bencic's plus one forehand's going to get Serena moving into the outer third. And look, you're going to have to beat at least one power tennis player like that if you're going to go on a miraculous run in New York. Not it's only a was she, test, but a good one. Not only was she moving better, but I thought her re- after a long extended rally, her recovery looked much better. It looked like yeah. she was back at the line. She get, she was ready to, ready to rock for that next point where like the, when she played against uh, Harmony, it looked like she was taking a while to kind of recoup and get ready and geared up for the next point where she wasn't hunched over very much after that long rally that I know made um, did did numbers on tennis TV or wherever wherever that was um, tennis channel. It was like you just saw her kind of gather herself, and I think the crowd helps her a lot with that adrenaline is probably pumping, and she's obviously uh, the crowd favorite or one of the crowd favorites, so she's gonna put on a show and. I mean, if, if she's fit at, at, at some decent level, she's, she has the weapon still. She still cracks the ball. I, yeah, I, I'm excited for that matchup. Yeah, and Benchich, by the way, first-round matchup against Martin Sova. That's a first-round matchup that's happening later tonight here on Tuesday. I mean, look, the, everyone in this section is good. And Layla Fernandez got an impressive three-set victory over Storm Sanders, to, or maybe it was straight sets just to get her feet uh, back under her. Three-set victory, no, I was right, over Storm Sanders. Haddad Maya, after a lopsided first set, she advances, though, gets another win under her belt. Just remember, with all of her success during the grass court season, top 25 player right now in the points race, just someone to keep an eye on. I mean, the undercard was Kudermatova versus Tomjanovic. And what an outstanding match that was, uh, as well as ultimately Tomjanovic, 7-6 in the third over uh, the San Jose semifinalist. Who's coming out of this corner? We haven't talked about Iga at all. Uh, obviously, she hasn't played a hard court match since, I want to say, Doha or Dubai. But uh, you lo- Or, excuse me, since winning Indian Wells in Miami. But you look for Iga. She has 28 hard court victories coming into this week. Second closest on the WTA Tour, 18 wins for Paula Bedosa. I mean, she's the favorite. I imagine you have her coming out of this corner. I don't want to be boring. Give me Tomlanovich. Wow. On it, on a heater. I think, uh, yeah, Tomlanovich is going to catch Iga, kind of on a, a slow start to her hardcore season. I yeah, give me give me Tomlanovich on out, out of this quarter. I'll tell you what, a draw of Tomlanovich Fernandez, then either you know if it's Osaka, Serena, Benchich, just to get to the semifinals, a brutal brutal draw 
for yeah. top seed Iga Swiatek. I will happily take her, though, to advance to the semifinals out of this section. Now you look at quarter number two. It's Maria Sakari, number three seed. She's going to take on Sloane Stevens. Sloane Stevens up a set in 5-1, had a couple of match points. Sonia Kennan, though, was able to force a third. Ultimately, Stevens, though, 6-2, 7-5. She advances over Kennan. She'll face Sakari round number one, of course. Also had a oh, fun... Boy. Yeah, Another fun match in that section, a rematch, Pliskova, Anisimova, two power tennis players obviously just played last week in San Jose. It went three sets. They played an incredible three-set match at the U.S. Open last year as well. Fun section. Fun section of the draw. Of course, you've also got Kasakina Andrescu coming up today in this section. Onjabur going to take on Jung Chin Wen, the talented young Chinese woman, a three-set victory today over Rebecca Marino. I mean, yeah, you're looking at this section. Who's the player that interests you most? It's got to be one of the Americans, either Sloan or Anisimova. Um, I'll take Anisimova. I just think she's She's just in a good headspace right now. It seems like she just wants to be here. She's just I, I look into all that stuff, whether it's social media or interviews and stuff, and you can just kind of catch the energy of these players and kind of who's ready to rock. And I think Ennis Mova is playing great tennis. And this is like she's just hyped about hardcore tennis. She just put on something on social media about how it's hardcore season. And I think she's she looks at this as like her her this is these next two months are where she can make up a lot of ground and and be a contender all the way through at all these tournaments up until the US Open. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this before and on a podcast yesterday, but you look right now at the top 10, 15, 20, 25 clubs who are the players who rank that highly in both hold and break percentage. There are only seven players right now on the WTA Tour in that club. And when you go through them, Iga's top 10, that makes sense. Like, she's been that good. Halep's also top 10. We've had that debate enough here on the Mini Break Podcast. You've got two players top 15 in Vondrusova, who's been really injured, but good when she's been on court. And Buzkova, who's the Ivashka, Greek Spoor, Benjamin Bonzi equivalent, where she's been crushing it and qualifying, crushing it at the 250 level. Therefore, her stats look great. Uh, it's a level of competition thing. The other three players, Jabour, Krachikova and Kanteve. Like, again, other than Iga, there's an opening to be that second contender, third contender. And you look for Amanda Nisimova, if you made this the top 26 club, she's 26th in break percentage right now. But she's also, you know, a top 15 server on the WTA Tour. And you look for her from a record standpoint this year, 31 and 12 overall on the year. She's winning 72% of her matches. She's 14th in the points race. She's as high as, you know, ninth uh, in overall ELO, 7th in 2022 specific ELO. I agree with you. It just feels like she has been a top 10 player this season. And I think, you know, again, nobody tennis, wants to see her. Yeah. Tennis yeah. abstract has her a 50.3% favorite, just a slight favorite over Pliska. She just beat her last week. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I think, just the the depth of the WTA tour in general is insane. So the fact that she's won 73% is incredible because I mean, you look at Jabur, come, Jabur comes in, her first round matchup is against Zhang, who's I think incredibly tough. Like to see her in your first round matchup, someone with weapons that a, a great athlete, like, yeah. And Anna Samova is her power tennis is as good as anybody else's on tour. So if she's playing B plus or better, she's going to make a deep run in this tournament. Yeah. I mean, Look, the player to me that's most interesting in this section is Maria Sakkari because she's the number three seed. You look for Sakkari right now, number four in the world, semifinalist at the U.S. Open last year. 
what's her signature victory this season? What's her signature run? I mean, it was the Indian Wells final. So that was her big run where she beats Rabakina, Kvitova, Bedosa before getting knocked out by Sviantek. Outside of that, like it's it's been a fine year. I, it's very Andre Rublev-esque, like where it's just like she hasn't been bad. Only four first round losses in 15 total events. But like the wow factor just hasn't been there. And you look for her after losing to Shelby Rogers in San Jose, a loss that's appreciated a week later because Shelby's playing, played lights out tennis last week. But like the last three losses, well, just quickly, the last three losses, Rogers, Tatiana Maria, and Angelina Kalanina. Like that's just, that that can't be where you're at if you're the world number four. And you look for Sakari, it's a brutal section. Again, Sloane Stevens is the easiest match she will have in this section of the draw. She got, she has to win it. And I need to see, you know, again, this week, Cincinnati, she's going to be a top 10 seed. If she wants to be a top 10 contender, like I need to see a quarterfinal run, semifinal one, beat in Anisimova, beat in Onjabur, you know, gather up a signature victory. You look for uh, Sakari, my last stat, and then I swear I'm going to let you talk. But in terms of, you know, top 10 players she's beaten this year, one in four, hasn't beaten a top 10 player since Indian Wells, has w- got wins over Kasakina and Goff on grass and clay respectively. But like, Again, 5-5 five and five versus the top 20 this year. Not exactly inspirational. I need to see a little more this week. And I think Sakari is someone that wins with physicality. Mm-hmm. It's just harder to win with physicality on a fast, hard court. I just think if you have weapons, the physicality doesn't matter. If you can take take it out with bang, bang like a, a two- or three-ball pattern, it's over. And, and her the, the physical fitness that she possesses doesn't matter as much. And that's why I think she – I like her more on clay or a slower hard court on these, on this fast hard court swing. I just think it's with, with her not playing her best tennis right now, it's going to be tough for her to get momentum, but I do think she'll take out Sloan Stevens um, in the next round. Well, but I'm going to give you the counter. She's hold 75.7% of the time. That's a top 15 number. She wins 70% of her first serve points. That's the seventh consecutive season. She's improved that 70% number again, a top 15 number. Her serve, which was has been the perennial struggle trying to win three points for herself so then the physicality doesn't have to always be there, it has taken a leap. The problem is her first serve percentage has dipped to 57.7% this year, and it just feels like she gets sometimes so in her own head on the serve that like when that first serve abandons her, she gets so frustrated that she tries to manufacture the free points in other ways, and that's when the errors pile up, and it's like, hey, you don't need that. Like, you're a specimen. You know, you just rely on that physicality, and so that's why I agree with you. It's like, when was the last time she played confidently? It was probably Indian Wells. And she, she's one of those players that the, the longer the match goes, the, more, the the bigger the grind is, the more comfortable she feels like she can take out somebody's legs. And until she gets into one of those battles, Anna Samova's not gonna gonna give her that. She's gonna just be on her game and and, and hit her spots, or she's gonna lose. She's gonna go down that same way. So, um, yeah, I think it's just tough for Sakari to on a fast hard court. I just think it's just gonna. She has to find a way to make matches physical and. Anna Samova's smart enough and good enough with her weapons that she doesn't have to take the match there. 
She's made over 60% of her first serves in one of her last 17 matches. That's just not going to get the job done. So let's see the serve get on track. Let's see her rocking and rolling. We haven't talked about Own Jabur, who, you know, loses to Kasakina last week, but it turns out Kasakina ends up winning the freaking event in San Jose. Speaking of which, by the way, Kasakina in this quarter of the draw, matchup against Andrescu, who with a back injury, you know, Kasakina is just going to stress that injury. And you just wonder how fit is Andrescu going into this one. I ask you, Nate Doug, your prediction, who emerges out of this quarter? All right, that's a good pick. I'll go Owns. I'll go Owns because it's a faster surface. And I just think she's the only definitive Tier 2 player on the WTA Tour right now where it's just like, who's not going to give me a bad loss? It's Owns. Now, none of these losses in this section would be bad, but I'll take an Iga Owns semifinal matchup. Now, with that said, let's go to quarter number three. Paula Bedosa, your number four seed, coming off of a semifinal in San Jose. Also in this section, Jess Pagula, who's just been sneaky consistent, fifth right now in the WTA points race. Of course, you look at the other seeds, Emma Raducanu, knocked off earlier today by defending Canada champion Camilla Georgie. Georgie, a straight set victory. Then you've got Yelena Ostapenko in this section. Ostapenko, a winner over Angelina Kalanina uh, via a straight set 6-4-6-2 win this is definitely the least loaded section we've seen thus far at the same time it's a fun section you already had an upset asia mohammed the qualifier knocking out madison keys who are you most interested for in in this section i would say the defending champion georgie i look for her to find her game again in canada like she did last year i i think she just has the weapons she has she's a good mover she's comfortable on the surface and in in montreal um, I think Bedosa is Bedosa is going to win the matches she's supposed to win. It's just once you get to that once you get to that next round where she's going to face a uh, she will face who does she got up she's got Bedosa will face yeah. Putensiva. Yep. So I mean I think she'll get through that matchup, but then she's got Ostapenko or Risk next. Next, I think she even gets through there, but then that next matchup I don't. Yeah, give me Camelia Georgie. Yeah, look. Fast surface. She plays big. Plays she had know. the weapons to just her return of serve made life miserable for Emma Raducanu all match long. And it's a tough loss for Raducanu, who again has two more weeks, three more weeks, two more weeks till she has to defend all of those U.S. Open points. You know, next week it's going to be fascinating to watch her play in Cincinnati with that thought in mind. But it was a really good first set. It's just, again, it's a little hard right now for Radakanu to manufacture things easily for herself, particularly behind that first serve. Again, she's still a teenager, so that's fine. Um, but keeping an eye on that serve still moving forward. For me, the most interesting player in this section, I mean, if Elisa Mertens is ever going to make a big run, like you feel like this is the draw to do it in. She's got Georgie next. That's a matchup she knows, and you look for Mertens in her career against Georgie. Do we have a career head-to-head yet? We do not, unfortunately. Oh, no, we do. Um, nope, we do not, unfortunately, yeah, no, no. yet on the big board. Um, look, it's going to be interesting. It, it, I do think Mertens played pretty well in a first-round win over Anna Bondar. It's pretty crazy those two have never played together. Yeah, Pagula hasn't played that many matches of late. Tough matchup to play. Someone who's as match tough as any player on tour in Elisa Mertens. I mean, the wild card is Ostapenko, who's, of course, ceiling is Grand Slam champion, but whose floor is how is she in the top 100? She's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I never with, know where. 
where I, how I feel about Ostapenko. Yeah, with that said, Bedoso was pretty good last week. Who's your pick? I think I, I think I'm staying with Georgie. I think right. I'm staying with Camille. I like it. Do I go Ostapenko just to throw things out there? Ooh, Ostapenko Bedoso would be fun. Bedosa's Feels like last year Bedoso was catching people off guard. People, Bedoso's on everybody's radar now. You know what? I'm going to make the pick. Give me a Mertens. Give me a Mertens run. I'll go Elisa Mertens. I think this is the section where it happens. But with that said, let's get to our final quarter of the draw. And again, I think this is a very, very fun one. Arena Sabalenka, your number six seed. She's paired with number two seed, of course, Annette Contevich, coming off of final runs and semifinal runs in her last two events. Uh, of course, again, Conteve Sabalenka, two and six seeds, respectively. You've also got Coco Goff, who earned a straight set victory over Madison Brangle. Simona Halep, a victory over Donna Vekic. Uh, certainly was a fun match between Cerebes Tormo and Claire Lou. Cerebes Tormo ultimately 7-6 in the third over the young American. Jill Teichman knocked out Venus Williams earlier in this event as well. I mean, you've got Rabakina. You've got Sabalenka, two members of Serena Williams Power Tennis Country Club. You've got Halep. You've got Conteve, two of the seven players to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage this season. Of course, Coco Goff, your French Open finalist, is in this section as well. It's pretty juicy, Nate. Who are you watching yeah, most closely? Oh, the, I mean, that matchup with Rabakina and Goff is – that's probably Popcorn. my second favorite matchup of the draw right now. Yeah, it's um, electric. It is. That should be – that's – Big hitting off both wings from both girls. Uh, two really good athletes. That'll be – that's just going to be that, – that matchup, I wouldn't be mad if that was a semifinal. Um, yeah, I think Conteve gets out of the bottom. I think she – I just don't think Simona Hap is playing her best tennis right now. I think Conteve is going to find her flow a little bit. Out of this section, Sabalenka has just been very underwhelming, in my opinion, this this year. Give me um, – oh, I think it's going to be golf versus Conteve. Give me – Give me golf. Give me Coco. I like it. Is this the week Arena Sabalenka gets everything together? You know what? Fast courts, I'll say yes. I'm going to do it. This is the week it happens. I'll take Sabalenka to reach the semifinals. She's the, her and Rabakina are the two most interesting players to me. I think the case for Rabakina is pretty obvious. She just won a freaking slam and, you know, again, loses three sets last week to Kasakina. Not a bad loss by any stretch of the imagination. But when Arena's good, she's really freaking good. So I'll, I mean, again, it feels like Sabalenka should have been doing what Rabakina did at Wimbledon. Uh, obviously, she wasn't in the draw this year, but it feels like that run is in the cards at some point. I like these semifinals. I, I've got Iga taking on, again, um, On Jabour. I've got Mertens taking on Sabalenka. I'll go an Iga Sabalenka final. I'll take Iga to win the title. Very boring, very plain to kick off the week. What say you, Nate Doug? Give me uh, Anna Samova out of the up from the top against oh Anna Samova ver- versus Georgie in the, in the final and give me uh, I can't no way Georgie goes back to back give me Anna Samova for the title all right for the record according to Tennis Abstract Iga Swiatek thirty five point five percent chance of winning the event that's highest in the field next come Bedosa Jabour at seven point eight excuse me Halep. At 7.9, Bedosa Jabour 7.8, Conteve 6.7. For what it's worth, Amanda Anisimova, according to Tennis Abstract, 1.6% chance of what winning was it? the event. 1.6%, which is actually pretty good. It's That's a top 10 number in the field. 
that's that's yeah it's just again a lot when there's only so many percentage points to give out she's in the tougher section right she's got Iga in her half Benchich in her half she's got Sakari in her half Jabour and Kasakina in her half and Rescue in her half that's why that's my dark horse pick right there that's dark horse I like it Nate you've been good so far this year so we'll see if it rides into this event now of course happening over in Montreal is the ATP Masters 1000 level action of course we already have a bunch of results on the board but much as we did for the women's side let's go through each of these quarters here on the men offer our predictions offer who we're watching most closely of course it starts with world one number one daniel medvedev fresh off his first title of the 2022 season in los cabos he didn't drop a set on the way to that title you look for medvedev 11.3 percent chance of winning according to tennis abstract he's actually not the favorite first favorite is carlos alcaraz at 25-2 second favorite yannick sinner at 15.2, then comes Medvedev at 11.3. But of course, why is Medvedev so much lower than all these other players? It's because his first round matchup could very well be with Nick Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios, your Washington, D.C. singles and doubles champion, already up a break on Sebastian Baez in the first round, of course. Again, it's a fun section of the draw. Medvedev takes on that Baez Kyrgios winner. You've got Demonauer going to take on Grigor Dimitrov tomorrow on the bottom half of the quarter. Schwartzman taking on Davidovich Fokina. Gofen versus Ramos Vinolas. And then Emil Rusevori taking on Hubi Hurkats. Who are you watching most closely in this section? I mean, it's got to be Medvedev Kyrgios, right? Yeah, that's, that's, it's world number one versus a guy that's been playing top five. Top 10. Yeah, top five, top 10 ball. Top five tennis in the last two months. So that's, yeah, I don't have to think about that one. That's Nick Kyrgios versus Medvedev. Everybody should be tuning into that match. The drama should be uh, should not should not disappoint there. Nick is just in a different. He's in a different world than everybody else right now. His his hardcore tennis right now it looks too easy. Everything looks way too easy for him. He yeah. I mean, we, I know I've been riding the Kyrgios wagon for a while, but how can you not? I mean, this guy brings the juice every match he's played. He's down match points to Tiafo last week. Doesn't matter. Erases those match points and goes on and storms through and wins the title. Um, I just think if he's if he's able to recover and bounce back after a uh, just a couple of days rest, that matchup versus Medvedev could very well be one of my favorite matches of the year. No, I mean, curious again, up a double break 4-1 right now on Sebastian Baez. Sold at 95% of the time. Second highest number I could find in a single season via tennis abstract. I think, again, if you included the Wimbledon points, he would be in top 10 in the points race. He's already in the top 25 without those Wimbledon points. And he didn't play anything but Houston on clay courts this year. A testament to how good he's been when we've seen him. And yeah, even when he gets frustrated, he's just focused in a way he hasn't been before. But I went through all the stats, so I'm not going to do it again. Medvedev was 30-4 and four last year from August onward when the hardcore portion of the back half of the calendar began. Okay. All events run through him. Kyrgios Medvedev second week of the hardcore swing third week like we're spoiled as tennis fans we're absolutely spoiled tough for Chapo. nine out of he's lost nine out of ten since beating nadal nine out of ten and it's just like today he comes out double fault three backhand errors and like that's the match and he's out against alex demonauer <sighs> Chapo or davidovich fokina who ends up with a better career wow um Falkina. I just think Falkina trusts himself much, much more. He knows 
like he can his he's got a plan A, he's got a plan B, and he can even drop to a, a C. Like he just has more levels to go to if his first if his go to plan isn't working. Shapovalov is so reliant on first strike tennis, and if he's not able to get on his front foot, we saw JJ Wolf hit right through him. I mean, he could not absorb any pace off either wing, and JJ could have won that match in straights. He just had one slippage of a service of a service game. That match could have been in straight sets, um, and JJ just played very within himself. Shapovalov has to – he's got to figure it out. He, he has no block return yet. On a fast, hard court, I feel like you just have to have a block return that you can put in consistently. The, the amount of times he shanks returns and just get, gives himself no chance for a top 20 guy is – I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm be, um, just curious to see where his headspace goes after a, uh, a slump like this. I mean, it's been, it feels like it's been three months long. No, plan A is so nice, but B, C, and D just aren't there. I agree with you, and so it's tough. Even when Davidovich Fokina is making errors, it just feels like there are still more things available to him in both of them. Incredible athletes. I'm very much looking forward for Rusevori, Hercots Part 2. Obviously, Rusevori beat Hubi last week. What was it? Four and six, and opening match for Hubi in D.C. It's not I mean, a great this... sign if you're changing rackets like – he, he, the, the whole change in the rackets thing before Wimbledon, like he's not trusting. There's a lot, there's some trust issues there. See, I don't know. I think this surface though is a nice place to get things going quicker. You know, ability for him to move forward. These conditions feels like they fit Hoobie well. That's gonna be big hitting in that matchup. With that said, who you got coming out of a jam-packed Medvedev quarter of the draw? I mean, it's really hard to not pick Daniel Medvedev, who's is obviously gonna be motivated. Um, being left out of Wimbledon, I think he he wants to make sure everybody knows that he's he hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, I hate picking against Curious. I mean, I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Curious again. I got to go back with Curious until he proves that he's not focused and locked in. That's just that's the guy to beat right now. I, and Medvedev, it's I know it's probably silly to say people are like oh, Medvedev, 30 and four, like you just said last season. Curious, if he's serving as like like he like he has been, his return of serve. I mean, he's just getting into everybody's service games. I mean, he's giving himself a chance. I, I think with his variety and his ability to move forward and finish off points, Matty better be hitting his spots. Yeah, no, it's fair to say. I mean, I think both have to play well in, in that sort of matchup, and I think you look for both of these players, and let's just look quickly. Have, have they played before? I'm sure they have come across each other at least once on the ATP Tour. You look for Daniil Medvedev. No. I don't think he's ever played Nick Kyrgios. Oh, nope, they've played three times. Nick Kyrgios, two to one, had to had advantage. Medvedev beat him four sets Australian Open this year. I was like, yeah, they definitely have played Kyrgios two wins back in 2019, beat him in Washington, beat him on clay courts in Rome. But, I mean, six and six feels very much in the cards, much like their Washington, D.C. final back in 2019. It's going to be a fun match. Um, I think the winner of that match does advance out of the section. Man, the idea sure. of Kyrgios winning DC, coming to Cincinnati, uh, coming to Montreal, beating the world number one. I mean, what a run that would be for Nick Kyrgios and just sort of the epitomization of the talent all of us have seen from him throughout the course of his career. Kyrgios smells blood. Like what he sees, there's no Novak, there's no Rafa. He's not scared of anybody else. It's like, so he, you're he going next? I'm, I'm, yeah. All right, I say the road runs through Medvedev, so I'll stick with Daniil. But again, I think it's going to be a very, very fun matchup. All right, let's go to quarter number two. 
Casper Root, number four seed, has been rock solid at the hard court events over these past 52 weeks. Obviously, the Miami finalist, but a bunch of quarterfinals, round of 16s for him at the Masters events on hard courts over the past year and a half as well. He's going to start things off against the talented lefty Alex Mulchan. That's a fun matchup, but you look at the other seeds in this section. FAA coming off of a semifinal in Los Cabos where he was knocked out by number nine seed Cam Norrie. Also in this section of the draw, you've got Roberto Bautista. Agut, one of the 11 players on the ATP Tour this season to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage. And of course, he's coming off of a title in Kitzbühel. Your last, uh, again, other plenty of dangerous Americans in this section. Brooksby, uh, Giron, you've got... Uh, Brandon Nakashima, who's going to take on Nori in round number one as well. Who's your most interesting player here, Nate? Yaron was up a break in that first set against Batista, looking to get up a double break and then kind of fell apart. That was, mm-hmm. I thought he had him on the ropes in a good spot to uh, get the All-American matchup in the next round. I'll take, um, it's a loaded, give me, I don't, I don't trust Casper on a fast, hard court. Give me, give me Felix. I, I, I think this is – give me Felix. This is his – I mean, the homeland, it's got to treat him well. The crowd's yeah. going to be on his side, I have to imagine, pretty heavily. I hope to see a Felix versus Brooksby um, in the round of six, round of 16, yeah. Oh, a fast surface, right? It's just the idea of playing on a fast surface for Felix, serve plus one forehand. Are you kidding me? And, you know, certainly he was 4-0 against Nori going into that Los Cabos semifinal. Would love to see them face one another. I actually think it's a really tricky section for Nori. Nakashima coming off of, you know, what do you go, 5-2 and two in between Wimbledon and the French Open this summer. And on this surface, he'll just push Nori physically. The winner of Kesmenovic and Botic going to push Nori physically. Yeah, and then be- all of a sudden you have yep. to have Felix rain down on you with his serve plus one as well. If Cam finds a way out of that section, that's... Awfully impressive. I agree with you there. Robbie Batts is the guy who's just lingering over all of this as just like this feels where he's going to make his run. You're going Felix? Yeah, I got to go with Felix. Yep. I'm going to agree with you. This can be our one agreement, although we may agree on these next two as well. But no, I'll let's make sure we don't. Yeah, well, let's roll Felix uh, as we move forward again. Third quarter of the draw belongs to third seeded Stefano Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas is going to face a first round matchup against the talented young British player Jack Draper. Draper now 36 and 11 overall on the year, 9 and 6 in tour level events. And again, the tour level losses are like 2 to Rublev. I think a loss to Nori. Like he's been fine and he is on the rise, folks. Keep your eyes on Jack Draper. Your other seeds in this section, Yannick Sinner, who's going to kick off his campaign against Adrian Manorino. You had Gael Monfils, a three-set win today over Pedro Martinez, but an upset. Pablo Carreño Busta, who, according to Jose Morgado, played the match, perhaps, of his career today, a straight-set upset victory over Matteo Berrettini. That match ultimately 6-3, 6-2 for Carreño Busta. Uh, you look at the stats for this match, 20 winners against just seven unforced errors for Carreño Busta in this one. That's damn good tennis, Nate. What are you looking at in this section? Pablo loves a fast, hard court. I, I think... He was penciled as like a clay quarter for some reason early on in his career. I think maybe from Kyrgios was spewing a little bit, but this guy is, yeah, no mistake. He loves a fast hard court in the, in the U.S. Um, give me, give me center out of this though. I mean, I just trust center off both wings. He's, yeah, he's just going to be locked in as he always is. And 
yeah, with how solid he is on serve, his return of serve, I just try, I trust him off both wings more than any of those other guys. But Pablo versus versus center, that's going to be a long two hour plus match. I have to imagine. I I don't think Pablo has. I think Pablo takes out either Fognini or Rune, no matter who that is. And center versus Pablo will be a, a fun matchup. Yannick Sinner, just a reminder for everyone this season, 35-9 and nine overall on the year. He's won 80% of his matches against players ranked outside the top 20. He's 31-2. and two. And is one of his players, guess who one of the players he lost to outside the top 20 was? You know, Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios. So, which, yeah. again, withdraw at Indian Wells. You shouldn't hold that against him. 35-9 and nine overall on the year. He just beats who he's supposed to beat. And while a guy like Berrettini, you'd say, okay, he's got the weapons to hurt Sinner. Well, he's knocked out of this event. Now, Tsitsipas is the interesting one. But I actually think Tsitsipas is on major upset alert against Jack Draper. Because, again, a lefty serving into that one-handed backhand. I know you look for Jack Draper. Again, doesn't have a signature victory like a Tsitsipas under his belt yet. But... You know, has played everyone, you know, played Demon Hour extraordinarily close at Wimbledon and, you know, played Rublev really close in Madrid as well. I think, mm. and then, by the way, also lingering, Monfils Cressy. Like, Cressy's a tough matchup for Tsitsipas as well. It's a tough section on this surface. At the same time, he's a top 10 server on the ATP Tour. Like, he finds I almost forgot how, how athletic Gaia was. I mean, I keep thinking he's, he's going to show age. He's going to look old. I got to tune into him today. His movement, like the way he still moves is he's smooth. This doesn't make sense. Like he's got to look old soon. Like, yeah. no, he's smooth with it. He's got, the, he's got the OG look back. He's got the, uh, the cornrows back. He, he looks like Gael, like, like we've always known. Looks like an expecting father. Um, with that said, who are you taking out of this section? Yannick. Me too. We'll agree there. Boy, I'm going to have it. Like, agree anymore. I know, but I, Sinner's my guy. I thought I'm Draper was Sinner. your guy. They're both my guys. But you got so many of my guys, I can't keep track uh, of them anymore. It's true. Too many guys. They're all my guys because when you're in media, you're not supposed to root against anyone. You just root for everyone at this point. I'm really looking forward to this because in our scenario, we'd have a Felix Sinner FAA semifinal, three, all three of them in there, and that's just like next gen 2.0. Welcome to the new universe, uh, plus a Medvedev or a Kyrgios. Boy, would that freaking be fun. With that said, let's move on to that Carlos Alcaraz section of the draw. And by the way, it's not going to be easy for Carlos Alcaraz to get to the semifinals. He's taking on Tommy Paul. In round number one, Paul was just in command from the start. Straight set win over Vashik Pospisil. Also in this section, Marin Cilic, straight set winner over Boren Choric. Taylor Fritz going to take on Andy Murray today. And Andre Rublev, who will be taking on longtime nemesis Dan Evans, whose backhand has just always given Rublev some sorts of difficulty. With that said, Tiafo in this section. Hachinov earned a three-set win over Sarundalo, so he'll take on Chilich. If this was 2019, we'd all be pumped for that matchup. It's a fun section. Who are you watching most closely? This section, yeah, I mean, Tommy Paul versus Alcaraz, two great athletes. That matchup's going to be fun. I don't know if Tommy has enough to hurt Carlos um, over the long haul. I think he could get a set, though. Um, I, I mean, Fritz versus First, Tiafo, if both get through, that'll be a fun one. Um, yeah, I think those are the two matches I'm dialed in on. Dan Evans with a very weird match versus uh, Kranovic. I still don't – I mean, Kranovic just bowed out in that third set. Oh, takes a bagel. Um, Rublev, I think, gets through there. 
I think we're going to see a Rublev versus Alcaraz. I don't. I think they kind of goes by the. I don't know. Fritz is. I think Fritz might get through. Actually, give me Fritz versus Carlos in round of sixteen. All right, I like that. And give me, oof, give me, give me Fritz. I, I, I'm. I got to take the American. Give me Fritz on this one. Carlos is. That's a tough. Carlos will have to beat Ch- Chilter Hatch enough if he gets through. That's a t- I think Carlos has a tougher draw. I think he's more likely to, to cough one up. I think uh, I think Fritz has a fairly fairly nice draw here. I mean, he's got more variety than, than Rublev. He absorbs pace pretty well. He I think he's a better server than Rublev. So I, I'll take Fritz over Carlos to reach the quarter. Yeah, I think they're both good calls. I mean, look, again, it's a really fun section of the draw. I think Carlos Alcaraz, regardless of the speed of the court, he finds himself just fine. But I think Tommy can absolutely beat him. Tommy's the sort of athlete who can hang. And Tommy is going to love the fact that he's going to be able to drive through his backhand that much more because the heavy topspin of Car- that Carlos Alcaraz will be providing. I mean, we saw what Alcaraz did to Hatchinov a couple of weeks ago. Um, man, I need a signature run from Andre Rublev, who's been good this year but he's just been good again there's nothing really I just like I since early in the season when he won won his title back in Dubai like I know he won a title in Belgrade but I need an exceptional run from him quarterfinals Madrid quarterfinals Roland Garros where he gets through a Yannick Sinner who's injured and then loses to Chilich in the way that he did 7-6 in the third yes he makes semifinals last week in DC but to go out in the fashion that he did against Nishioka that's that's a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, yeah, Yoshi, I, agree. I love Yoshi. I'm probably one of the, like I've been on the Yoshi train for a while since 2019. Since, since Is that one of your guys? That, you now say? that's one of my guys. There we I, go. I was there 2019 when he beat Kenny Shikori, and I think I was like one of two media members to request interviews after every match for uh, Yoshi. So me and Yoshi got to hopefully hit it off a little bit. Um, he didn't even lose in 2019. He actually had to retire from food poisoning because um, he was he came out of qualifying and was on a tear. Um, and he had a similar run last week, but that loss for Rublev losing to a guy with not the biggest weapons on a, on a surface that Rublev prefers that, that one was a, a tough loss. I didn't really understand how, how that matchup worked in Yoshi's favor, but Yoshi is just one of the best competitors on the tour. And for him that almost on the verge of falling outside the top 100, just back in the mix of the top 50, 60 rank rank now. So happy for Yoshi. I'll, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ride with Fritz out of this out of this quarter though. I like it. No complaints from me. I'm gonna. You're going Fritz over Alcaraz. I. I That's fine. I'll take I Carlos. Like, yeah, I, I just. Carlos no, it's fine. Still, I'll take Carlos. Still young, and he's got two tough matches before then. He's got Tommy and Chilchin Hatchinov. I don't. Hatchinov is just two big servers who on yeah. this surface right on the right day could give him trouble. No, it's it's not a bad pick. I'm just going to take Carlos so we can disagree. That's why I'm doing it. That's the only reason, I swear. But all right, with that said, I have Medvedev taking on Felix, Sinner taking on Carlos. You have Kyrgios taking on Felix, Sinner taking on Fritz. Lay it out for me. Who's taking home the title? Give me Sinner. Uh, I think Sinner's going to take this title home. It's like, see, now we might have to agree. Um, no, I'll take Medvedev. Because, again, I think all hardcore events right now are going through Daniil Medvedev. Wow, you picked Iga and Medvedev, Alex. Very creative week for me. Um, 
I'll take him over Sinner. And I just hope we get Sinner Alcaraz again because I love that matchup so much. Um, and it's just the rivalry we deserve more of. But with that said, that's our breakdown of this week's action happening north of the border in Canada. Of course, we'll be back each and every day to break it all down for you listeners. Talk about who stood out. Talk about the storylines that emerged throughout the week. Hopefully, we don't get any more retirement announcements. But if we do, we'll have to bring you back for another emergency pod. Nate, Doug, any final thoughts before we wrap today's show? No, I think, uh, guys, if you guys are going to be in Cincinnati for the tournament, Gruskin and I on August 13th will be – part of an awesome event it's a college showcase where they'll have like six different colleges will be there players from all schools uh some atp players wta players that have played college it's just gonna be an awesome event with fans doing some giveaways a lot of energy will be in the building i know you and i are excited so hopefully you guys come hang out with us and uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun this whole next month is gonna be a it's should be a lot of popcorn. No, we are excited for it, certainly. And again, hopefully you all will be there. Come see us. Come hang out with us uh, in Cincinnati. We'd love to chat with all of you. Of course, the reason we're able to ever chat with you day in, day out is because of the splendid work of our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, who, as always, has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Shout out as well to you, Nate, and our friends at Tennis Point. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all of that said, for the fantastic Nate Walrath, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Nate Doc, what do we tell our listeners? That's the break, baby! And we will see you all next time. Thank you as always, my friend. Let's go, my man. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. 